Good morning, afternoon, evening. Welcome to the Smooth Brain Podcast, where we blend our brains into smoothies for your entertainment. I'm one of your four hosts, Natalie, and joining me today is Priscilla. Hi. Jeremiah. Hey. And lastly, Christian. Hello. Now, uh, let me go over what we'll be discovering today. The movie we'll be discussing is the 2019 horror film, Midsommar, directed by Ari Aster. We'll start with discussing the movie overall to start so we can get everyone up to par. Okay, so the movie starts out pretty grimly when we're being introduced to our main characters Danny, Christian, Bella, Mark, and Josh. Danny's sister, Terry, deliberately kills herself and her parents using a car exhaust connected directly to her face in her parents' bedroom. Just from that, you can probably tell that Danny is the main character who has to face even more challenges, as well as a lot more despair since she had just lost her family. In her despair, she looks for comfort to her boyfriend Christian, who is currently frustrated with the whole situation. Christian is also trying to break up with her but can't since she's in a terrible situation, forcing him to stay and comfort her. Yeah, there's moments like this where it's just super hard to watch the movie because how unstable the relationship is. Awkward silences, messy dialogue, they're just not compatible at all. Also, Danny keeps having dreams about Christian and his friends abandoning her multiple times and is even convinced that Christian wants to cheat or break up. Not to mention her panic attacks she suffers throughout the film. Now, let's move forward to where Christian convinces Danny to follow him and his friends to a retreat in Sweden. Convince is a strong word. More like he felt guilty not telling her he was planning on leaving and she just finding this out for the first time through his friends. Honestly, I could see why their relationship was in the state it is now, if they communicate like this. And Danny, trying to be a supportive girlfriend, encourages Christian to go ahead and take the trip, not wanting to feel like she's holding him back. Christian evidently shows how he can manipulate Danny as he gaslights her, insisting that he won't go on the trip only for them to argue as Danny insists that he follow through. Seeing them argue just further proves the instability of their relationship. Alright, now let's get into the good part of the film where everything starts to crumble and it gets weird and vague, and where Priscilla gets traumatized, aka the best part. No. What would you guys do if you were in the middle of nowhere in Sweden and people who look like they're in a cold offered you mushroom tea? I see no reason to refuse. <laughs> but what if it's drugged? I still see no reason to refuse. There's a big reason to refuse, because as we see in the movie, the drugs aren't the thing that start the rituals. If it starts the rituals, I don't see a real reason to refuse either. PSA, don't do drugs kids, uh, let's move on. There are a lot of objects that provide information of what is going to happen to some other characters in the movie. Just thought that it would be a good thing to point that out. Yeah, there's quite a bit of foreshadowing that gets overlooked the first time you watch the film. Kind of like the bear portrait scene when Danny is crying on the bed, we see a painting of Danny or the little girl being represented and the bear which will be spoken about later on. There are ever so many hints and clues as to what happens next, with the pictures depicting events in the near future, to some buildings that give off a certain aura that would change the character's life forever. It all happens inside because it sort of traps people into going into a sacrifice they do not want to partake in. It hides an ugly truth behind everything, but people can escape by looking at the clues and hints made on pieces of cloth and the carvings on stone. During the beginning of Midsommar, there is a painting shown in Danny's apartment of a little girl in a crown facing a bear. This is a small reference to the ending when Christian is placed inside the bear and burned alive. Also, during their stay, they noticed a couple of members of the hardware playing a game called Skin the Fool. Later on, Mark foolishly and unknowingly pees on a tree that happens to be sacred to the cult. He is taken away to his fate, and is confirmed whenever Josh gets knocked out by one of the members wearing Mark's face. Runes were heavily dispersed throughout the setting of Harga. One thing to notice is that Danny had a R-shaped rune on her dress, while Christian had an up arrow rune on his robe. These runes are shown carved next to each other when the old man and woman rub their bloody hands on the runestone. 
Even the shape of the dining table everyone sits at has meaning, which signifies heritage or the passing down of rituals. Speaking of heritage, getting into some of the actual history and lore behind the film was rather interesting. Now this will be a brief delve into some tidbits into the film. These traditions we see in the film are spins on various existing traditions and cultures from Sweden. To note, the setting in the film is a somewhat fictional village in a real part of Sweden. Harga is indeed a real place, yet the people of Harga itself are nothing like what is shown in the cultists in the film. There is a scene that I'll briefly touch on. Uh, this is a part where two elderly people throw themselves off a cliff as willing sacrifices. Now, from what I've read, this is a practice that likely came from mythology and wasn't actually practiced. The name of the practice at the stupa is that the elderly would give themselves to Odin, i.e. suicide, as to not burden the young with the need to care for them. Getting back into the harga, nearing the end of the movie, we have the part where Danny gets selected as the May Queen, having endured dancing around the maypole whilst being drugged. This dance is actually based on a legend in which the devil came along disguised as a fiddler forced the, and forced the people of the village to dance around in a circle until they all died. An interesting part of this whole movie is how huge Terry's role is to the plot and how it contributes to how characters interact with each other. She's only on screen for one scene and she was already dead. And the only information we get from her is through her suicide email and Danny already telling Christian the audience that she's bipolar. Her death and murder becomes Danny's murdered character of the movie. And you can be seen having panic attacks because the situation ended up being too overwhelming. How do you interact with someone so fragile? You just can't. And no one wants to help her because she's just a mess of a person. Everyone ignores her cries for help except for Belen and Hurga. We get in interesting insight within the cult. Throughout the film, we see the negativity that comes with mental illness. The mental and physical burden it has within a person. In the Hurga, it's worshipped. We are briefly introduced to someone named Ruben. He is described as a product of incest and unclouded by the evils of the world. Ruben has some sort of cognitive and physical limitations, yet here he is, the Oracle of Hurga. There are hundreds of books called the Ruby Rotter, which can only be altered by the oracles. Their open ideas and different way of thinking is written down and interpreted by the Hurga. Mental illness is being used as a tool throughout the movie to progress the plot. Used as a plot device and ultimately the reason why the cult justifies itself for its inhumane actions. I generally have no clue what drugs this movie was on. So uh, overall, what did everyone think of Midsommar? Honestly, it just made me feel uneasy and worried for the characters. Although I do think the directors did a great job of conveying uncertainty throughout the film. I think the only person I liked was Mark, just because he reminded me of myself. But he was a butt, so I don't know. The characters were Matt Best, 7 out of 10, maybe a on a good day. Yeah, I really didn't take a like in any particular character. I just wanted them to get out of there somehow. Especially after that one scene, I'm sure this movie was just straight trauma for you, Priscilla. I really did not like that one scene. I had to look away. And things escalated after that. During the first half of the movie, every scene seemed so calm and slow, leaving me with questions. Then after that, everything seemed so fast-paced. I dislike that ginger female Maja for the messing up her relationship. She understands how much Christian does not want to be with Danny and manipulates his emotions by flirting and using unconventional ways into romancing him to mate with her. I wouldn't wish for any breakup to end the way it did in this movie. No need to stuff your ex into a bear to be burned alive. What do you mean? Going in a bear suit while on fire? That's the best way possible. Oh god, Jeremiah. Alright, now I would gladly recommend this film if it weren't so uh, heavy, it has a lot of disturbing scenes and it could be possibly triggering in a way and it's rated R so that's basically your first warning. I had an amazing experience viewing the movie with the movie theater speakers. Smith Somer has beautiful music scores, amazing cinematography, and choreography for some parts of the film were spot on. 
whether it be chaotic and over-the-top scenes or eerie, silent, spine-chilling scenes. I will agree to that. One scene that was especially captivating was when Danny was dancing around the maypole. They seemed to be having a good time, but they also seemed like they were trapped. I couldn't help but watch it all. Alright, I believe that concludes our delve into Midsommar, but let's get some input from our friend Avi. Alright, Avi, if you don't mind, I have some questions for you. What did you think the ending revealed? So the ending when she smiles at the camera dementedly, I think, can conveys one or two things. The first being her mind shattering, and the second being she's like, she's found a place where she belongs, so she's finally able to accept who she is. I believe the actor who played her uh, thought that the mind shattering ending was the best. And I also think the mind shattering ending was the best because it makes more sense thematically. And I believe the cut that was released afterwards has more scenes indicating that he went insane towards the end watching Christian burn. The next question, what do you believe is one of the themes of the movie? I believe the movie centers a lot around control. The beginning where Christian was kind of controlling her and manipulating her through the relationship. And then in the middle of the movie when they relinquish control when they start taking the drugs. And then at the end of the movie when she's found the May Queen and she gets the choice whether to kill Christian or not, she gets that control that she never really had to begin with back. Very interesting. And on to our final question. How do you think this movie did as a horror film? I think it's interesting as a horror film because horror films nowadays focus on causing the emotion of fear or gore or disgust. Midsommar more induces a form of dread or uneasiness that makes you feel uncomfortable while watching throughout the whole thing and it's unique because not a lot of horror films do that kind of, give you that kind of emotional response now. So overall it's, it's a unique film because of the response that it gives you or it makes the emotion it makes you feel well thank you for your time avi and thanks for listening all of you and i hope the smooth brains podcast gets trademarked and any form of negative criticism will simply slide off our brains that is just how smooth our brains are this has been the smooth brain podcast with your host natalie priscilla jeremiah and christian yay yay oh god (laughs)